0: Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Brandon Greenblatt, the CEO of Precision Reporters, which provides litigation support and court reporting services. Prior to acquiring Precision, Brandon was a private equity and mergers and acquisitions attorney. Hi, Brandon. How are you?
1: Hey, Ari. Good. How are you doing?
0: I'm well. I'm looking forward to speaking with you today. So tell us about your background and your role at Precision Reporters.
1: I went to Cardozo School of Law right out of college, and I practiced law immediately after Cardozo. I worked at Lowenstein Sandler, and I was in their tech group and transactional advisory group. From there I went over to Fried Frank into their private equity and M&A group focused more on traditional large M&A deals. I knew that practicing law wasn't always going to be for me. I wanted to be in the business side of the law and I was pretty interested in the concept of changing the way law is practiced and the notion of the billable hour needs to be disrupted and that's really always been something that appealed to me and I just thought the idea of being in the business world, but within legal was appealing. My analogy is I'm a big golfer. I wouldn't want to be judged on how many hours I spent on the driving range, but how many shots I'd taken around. So saw the opportunity to jump to the business side when I was introduced by a former colleague of mine to a court reporting firm owner who was interested in selling the business. I actually talked to that person. I learned a lot about the business. I did a ton of research on the industry generally from there decided to raise some family money and some outside money to acquire a small court reporting business and about a year after that I was able to leave the law start this search fund if you will and acquire this business and since then we've done another add-on acquisition of another court reporting company so precision reporters and action reporting are the names of the two companies which we're currently integrating and consolidating into one business and it's just been an awesome experience working with the former owners of these businesses and really trying to grow our footprint and modernize the business from an operational standpoint and help take the baton from these former owners and take it into the next generation.
0: How has the COVID-19 pandemic impacted your business and the court reporting industry generally?
1: It's impacted us drastically as I believe it has impacted the entire industry. Companies Like ours, who provide court reporting services for depositions, we're used to doing anywhere from dozen to dozens of depositions a day, in the case of some of these larger court reporting firms, hundreds a day. The fact is that right now, a lot of litigation is simply halted. People can move forward with some aspects of discovery, but if there's a need to present in front of a judge... Courts have been closed. Some are starting to figure out ways to open, do things virtually. As a result, that's trickled down to deposition world. And we've certainly seen a slowdown because the instinct of attorneys is we have to be in person. So if we're social distancing and if offices aren't open, how can we take a deposition? Now, obviously, the concept of taking a virtual deposition is really quite simple, but it's not that simple when it comes to asking an attorney to change the way they're used to practicing law. And then you add in a layer beyond that, which is, okay, now you've convinced one attorney that this is a fine way to practice law. And plenty of attorneys don't think it's a big deal. They're like, yeah, I've done this before. I can operate in this context. I've joined video conference depositions. I've participated in court hearings virtually. So plenty of people are accustomed to this. But the idea that now everyone has to be at home in their own home, that's where the difference is. And so now you've got to convince one attorney, who's your client, but then they've got to go convince everybody else in the case. So you've got like three or four layers of sales essentially that have to be made. And then you could have to convince your client's client, right? It could be an insurance carrier who's their client, who is saying, we don't think the virtual deposition venue is secure enough. So now they're slowing things down. So there's really just a lot of added layers to the process that are slowing things down. But with that said, I also think it's created a lot of opportunity in the sense that attorneys are listening now. They want to continue their business. So they're interested to hear what innovation suggestions we have to help them move their business forward. And so it's kind of opened the line of communication a lot more. And I see that while plenty of the cases that we had in our queue are still on hold, although it seems to be picking up and a lot of them are at least scheduling when they'll resume, the opportunity to talk to clients and conceptualize innovation has really grown, which I think is great.
0: What practical innovations are you seeing in light of the current limitations associated with meeting in person?
1: A big picture, the concept of the fully virtual deposition. Nobody is together in person, not even the court reporter and the witness. So traditionally, it's a vastly commonly practiced in our industry, is that the court reporter would be with the witness in person to swear them in to administer the oath. It is permissible pursuant to the federal rules of civil procedure and then the NYCPLR, among other state-by-state civil procedure rules and laws, that oaths may be administered remotely. But now you're seeing the exercise of that a lot more frequently. And so that's been a direct result of the pandemic, is that people are actually exercising that uh, permission. Then beyond that, we're also realizing attorneys, when they practice, they present exhibits. Usually they can distribute the exhibit to the court reporting company beforehand to be provided to the court reporter or to be provided to all parties, depending on the strategic initiative being brought by the taking attorney. But now, are you supposed to physically mail those exhibits to all parties? That seems a little ridiculous. Are you supposed to email them around? Is that secure? Are you supposed to share them with a service like Box or Dropbox? Certainly that's more secure than emailing them. And then how are they going to be displayed in the deposition? And so all this technology, which our company and companies in the space have available, is coming to the forefront. And I think that people are realizing these capabilities. And beyond that, you've also got capabilities such as real-time court reporting, which is our stenographers are capable of producing a real-time stream of transcript. Whereas before, plenty of attorneys use this, more so in big markets and in big cases. But there are also plenty of attorneys out there that don't even know that exists. When they're sitting at home and we say to them, hey, if you open up a second monitor or even just a second browser or a tablet, and you log into this extension here, you can see the live stream of the transcript while you're also taking the deposition in front of you. So, while that's not the most groundbreaking technology anymore, because it's been around for a little while, it's still, believe it or not, something that attorneys are saying, oh, wow, I didn't realize we could even do that. The changing of the venue from an in person deposition to a virtual deposition has really changed the game for attorneys. And it's changed our job as a court reporting company in that we're now being asked not just to provide a person on one day and a transcript on another day, but we're being asked to provide a virtual venue. And oh, by the way, make sure it works, make sure it's got all the features we need, and make sure it's secure. So our job has really transitioned from what it was six weeks ago to what it is today.
0: How are you preparing prior to this crisis? And how are you continuing to evolve?
1: we've been preparing because we've taken thousands of depositions over video conference over the years. We obviously have HD Polycom video conferencing centers set up where we host depositions all the time. And you may have a court reporter with an attorney or with a witness in our office and then have 10 attorneys log in remotely. So we were 80% of the way towards virtual depositions. So it wasn't that difficult of a pivot. So we were prepared in that respect. But I also think that There are some aspects of what's happening now that are simply new concepts that we need to adjust to. For example, the exhibit issues that I mentioned earlier, not having access to our printing and production centers where we can provide hard copies of exhibits to attorneys like they're accustomed to, that option is no longer available. So we've been forced to work on the fly and develop solutions that we weren't necessarily accustomed to frequently employing. To some extent, we've been prepared, and we're fortunate that we are prepared, and we have a tech-forward thinking mentality. But I think now, this pandemic has really opened our eyes to a lot more innovation that's necessary. There are significant needs that can be met through really good technology applications. So I think over the next six months to five years, you're going to see a lot of solutions come out that are direct responses to COVID-19.
0: Given these developments, would you describe Precision as a tech company? Yes, definitely.
1: I've always envisioned and our strategy has always been to make Precision a tech company. But now we are a tech company in the sense that attorneys are coming to us and asking us to host these virtual venues and show them how to use different platforms to conduct virtual depositions. Again, they want to focus on practicing law. So in some respects, we're now their technology consultant, helping them to do What plenty of people out there in the tech world would consider to be simple tasks, but it doesn't matter. We're there for our clients and we're quote unquote supporting litigation. And if that means showing them exactly how to use different platforms, walking them through the different security capabilities of different platforms, we'll do that. We've trained our people and gotten everybody up to speed. And we're fortunate that we've got great people who do understand these concepts. And we've been showing attorneys the different benefits of if you use Zoom as your video conferencing platform or Cisco WebEx as your video conferencing platform, BlueJeans, Court Call, and all kinds of other video conferencing platforms that are available out there, I think we've seen terrific feedback on our ability to consult from a technology standpoint for our clients.
0: Once the halt on litigation is lifted, how do you see the legal community moving forward?
1: I think right now, the fact that litigation is halted you're gonna see the play button get clicked and there's gonna be an onslaught of demand for litigation related activities from March and April and May. So you're gonna kind of have the resuming aspect of old cases and then you're also gonna have an uptick of new cases that come in at the same time. So I think the system is going to be a little bit strained, maybe this is this summer, where you're kind of gonna have a double demand. And I think that double demand is gonna really require innovation both on the part of vendors like us, litigation support companies, And openness to innovation on the part of the attorneys, because we're just not going to be able to do things the way we've always done them and expect to be able to deal with this double demand, if you will. Innovation is going to be really important, and those that are prepared to innovate at that time are going to be able to set themselves apart. And I say this speaking from the perspective of law firms and vendors to law firms. Law firms are going to want to be able to suit their clients' needs. And if they're not ready to innovate, they're not going to be able to do so when this all resumes.
0: How do you see advancements in court reporting keeping pace with the rapid changes in legal technology generally?
1: There has been a lot of technological advancement in court reporting over the years. If you think about it, it used to be a stenographic writer who literally would write the record and have a carbon copy piece of paper underneath it. And that's how the idea of selling an original transcript and then selling a copy came to be. Then obviously you got the stenographic keyboard and now you have real-time translation software that takes the steno language that the reporter is writing and turns it into a transcript in English. Then there came the real-time capability where you can actually stream the transcript for the attorney in real time, like closed captioning and the ability to scope a court reporter's work. Somebody could literally log into these technology applications and check their work 30 seconds behind where they're at in the actual proceedings. So they're literally going back and editing what the court reporter wrote a minute ago. So all these technological innovations have taken place in the stenographic realm. And I think it's happened slowly over time, just like everything in legal has. I think that you'll start to see a lot of innovations as direct responses to the COVID-19 pandemic. More collaboration platforms, more ability to securely share documents such as exhibits or other documents within a litigation, the ability to collaborate between opposing counsels, between a counsel and his client, all parties, mediations, I think will become more virtual. Alternative dispute resolutions, generally, there's all kinds of cost savings associated with conducting these things virtually. Travel, people's time, so much that I think people are going to have their eyes open to over the course of the next year or however long this goes on for, but even if it does get fixed, even if we are able to go back to work and be in person, people will be scarred and people will still be scared to go on a plane unless they have to for some time. Not that I know. I think everybody at this point is a speculator, but we're going to see a lot more preparedness.
0: This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Brandon Greenblatt, the CEO of Precision Reporters, which provides litigation support and court reporting services. Brandon, thanks so much. Thanks, Ari. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or rekaplanadvisors.com to learn more.